If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. The blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. And even though it used to be kind of a joke, after COVID, it became very clear that in places like South Dakota, Texas, and Florida, it's a completely different ballgame than what took place in California, New York, New Jersey. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with John Bush a little bit later about freedom and stuff. This is kind of a train wreck in the sense that Graham was recording it because I was running late, and he fucked it up a couple of times. Hey, 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 let's be let's be clear. My internet went down twice. His internet went like, down. Literally twice. just dropped. I mean, it's been fixed now. It's not like I fucked it up. My internet. Was His internet down. fucked it up. Graham's internet messed up the show, and uh, I. I Fixed it as best I could, and this is what we got. So, but it turned out pretty good, I think. Oh yeah, it's a great chat with John. He's doing such good work, you know. That this whole exit and build and freedom cells and freedom the academy. Cell. They've had a whole like academy there with a whole bunch of experts and all like a lot of our past guests actually, um, <clears throat> like Salatin and Wheaton have freedom cells. Uh, no, at this this uh, event that they had. Actually, while we're talking about it, I might as well just mention it here. It's in the show notes too, but um, they they put on a three-day event aimed at helping people exit the cities and building community in the country. We talked about homesteading, permaculture, food production, intentional community, buying land, and more. You can look at, like, you can watch the full first two days for free, and then uh, you can you can buy or replay all the days after with a lifetime access of 57 bucks. so... There's a When's link in the this? show notes to that, but this is, it's already happened, but oh, they're okay. selling it now online. So they recorded the whole thing, but they had all kinds of amazing guests there. Like everything you could think of for like getting out of the cities and into the land, you know? May have it. So, so yeah. And also I want to mention in the show notes too, I've got links to the stuff we talked about as far as like, um, <clears throat> Immunosudica, CCCA, um, and, uh, the telegram with the freedom cell directory, the Canadian freedom cells for Canadians there. That's all in the show notes. Some of those crypto sites, all the stuff that uh, we kind of talked about there. And he's got some other sites too. My brave botanicals. There's uh there's some gummies he's selling there. Free, free ounce of Kratom. And then his Academy live free dot Academy. So he's got lots of stuff going on, doing a lot of live free awesome work, a lot of uh, value. What's that? Live free. Live Free dot academy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. So right on. So I mean, before we get too carried away, you did go to a C city sleepover. C five, yeah. I'd like to know how it went. Give me a rundown. It was it was fantastic. I mean, you know, it was fun getting together with amazing people again and that you can just like almost like a mini CAC in a way, like you contacted the cabin, you know. It was a it's kind of like that as an overnighter on the beach of this lake, beautiful sunset, 
beach setting on the lake. We had our chairs out there. Got some pictures for you. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Some people had some pretty interesting experience. Our buddy Jason saw like the he was we did a, a ground we did some groundwork afterwards before we went in. We walked through the trails in the bush and stuff. And before uh, you went in, where beach? But before we packed it in for the night. Oh, oh, it was that must have been late. And, uh, it was about one one o'clock in the morning, I guess, maybe twelve thirty. It, it flew by. Like I don't even know how it went by so fast. It's it's unbelievable. Like we got out there for sunset, and it's twelve thirty before we knew it. Anyways, Jason saw some lights and had this like light come up to him. Um. And he had a hard time sleeping. He had a pretty interesting experience. Um, and they heard they heard some sounds in the in the trees just above them after they were looking for Sasquatch. It was very it was pretty interesting. Um, there was some an amazing picture of an orb taken, huge orb, like huge. So I haven't seen all the pics yet, but uh, some of that some of that uh, happened. We saw the you know the usual like stuff like. Soon as before we went in the in the meditation, there was a streaker, and then a streaker to finish off the meditation. Some weird timings with pseudo natural stuff that happens in the sky. We saw some flash bulbs. Yeah, lots of fast walkers, some wobblers. Well, wow. <laughs> so, so it was fun. I mean, it was it was good. That was great. So you had a good sea city sleepover. I'm glad. Or what? Sorry, not sea uh... five. Yeah. C5 over, but it's kind of a C. We still call it C SETI around here, you know. You're not going to play that jingle, are you? What jingle? What jingle are you talking about? No, no, I thought I thought you were going to play that. I can't find okay. it. We can skip the jingle. People is know what the jingle like, is. It's is a it bit embarrassing. Backwards or what? Why is it? Wait, 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 wait. Let's dissect this. Why is it Well, because it was pieced together, and I'm not a C-SETI star. Like, there's no such thing. Do you, you know? think it's this one? Wait. Oh, well, that's the one where, because you got me to say my last name and everything on there, and then it was recorded. What and did you think clip was going to happen when I asked you to say your name? I don't know. I would, I'm not paranoid and conspiratorial like that. I just help people out. I say, you asked me to say my name, I said my name. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. Was it a new moon last night? Had a plan, camping, yeah, it's so. for 10. <laughs> we went back there sky. for the night. Crystal clear. Darkest night. So I had to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> we started seeing flash bulbs. <laughs> Streakers coming down. Graham Dunlop is the uh, he said it star. Graham Dunlop. <laughs> All right, is that's enough. Blah blah blah. Thanks. Blah blah blah. Anyways, I was like, I was telling Jason, give me a ride up there. I was telling him on the way. I'm like, I, I just want to land, landing, like land, come and literally just say hi, talk to us, land. You know, none of this sort of periphery stuff. Come right down. We're ready for it. Got no, no dice. Well, no, no. Hmm. I mean, you never know. Maybe that's what happened to Jason in the woods. I don't know. I don't think noise in the trees counts as a landing, does it? It wasn't noise. It was the light in the trees. Oh, a light in the and trees. And there was orbs there. I mean, dude, it, you know, what do you what do you say? There's these big orbs there. I mean, there's 
Orbs are, are making a comeback. Huge right now. I need to see the pictures. I will not rule it out. Okay, yes. But I'd like to uh, see the we'll pictures. We'll show you the pictures and we'll go over it next week, maybe. We'll go over yeah. it. Well, just send me the pictures and we'll decide if it's worth going <laughs> over or not. All right, cool. So what else have you been up to? How's your supplements treating you? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm really tired after the C setting today, though. The C five today, though. I don't know what it is. I got back. I'm exhausted. Well, that's I don't know very if that's late like for an you. energetic thing. That's what? very late for you to be up. That's true, but you, I should be able to go with hardly any sleep and not be this exhausted for at least a day. You know well, what, what I mean? Time did you go to bed? And, Three. Uh, yeah, two probably two, and got up at seven. And it was, right, like so you probably got like three hours of sleep. And yeah, but I, but I should still be like, you know, do you know what I'm saying? You're, like, you can go is, a day without This is what I'm saying. It, right? You're getting on now. You feel I'm it day one away. when you're over 50. Oh, Unless you're in immaculate condition. But you're getting there. So Imagine the days I used to just stay up for days on end. I mean, holy, how did I do Cocaine's that? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> so I know. I uh I I had a rough sleeping week and just like a few hours like it's so hot and um I'm still arranging my blanket situation on my bed and you know what I bought and I think it might be the key is a weighted blanket. I knew you were just going to say that. I, yeah, I saw one the other day. We've got one here too. I don't use it, but you like it? Yeah. It seems good well because I have trouble sleeping with just a sheet on. So if I have the sheet and the weighted blanket, it seems to work good. So I, I could see how some, I mean, if you were like a little chick, that blanket would, might be, a, you know, you might wake up in the middle of the night and be like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's like, I mean, it's only 20 pounds. But, but it's enough to make you feel when like you're like lying or... on the thing and just trying to, you know, get with one arm that's like in a lying down position, you know, it's not bad for me. But if you were like it, half my size, it might be a motherfucker. But it might it be hot, enough to just trip you out when you wake up in the night you can't Yeah, move. yeah, exactly. Isn't it hot, though? Or? No, it's quite cool, actually. I was surprised. Huh. I think it's filled out with sand or some shit. Huh. Yeah, and I have the air conditioner going, too. Yeah. But after a few days of that, I was, like, worn down. And I'm only 40, bro. So I can imagine how you feel. It's hot, Anyways. too, right? Hot. Did you have air conditioner in that place? Uh, no, because by the time you go to bed, it's two in the morning. It's already like the windows are open. The breeze was coming through. It was very nice like that. Beach house, eh? I'd like to see the dude. link Let me to tell that. you, the summer feels really good right now with the with the wind and the sun. And I'm like, I'm just really trying to you should not be a take little more that for up. granted, you know? Uh, I would like to see the link for that Airbnb. Maybe I'll take the kids up there. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty cool lake, yeah. There's little pathways through the forest uh, from each one. It's only like a two-minute walk to the Is this beach a on the forest. Lake. It's a it's a, not a deep forest. It's a uh, shallow sort of forest. Not very, you know. I just want enough for the kids to play with their little kayaks. Speaking of freedom, too, we saw freedom right near that place. They have a little drive-through. Did you know that for the kids? A drive-through movie place at that. Uh, a drive-through. The whistle movie? stop. The pub that got in trouble during the lockdowns and the mandates because drive-in movie freedom. Uh, whistle stop cafe, I think it's called. So Jay and I went there on the way home for a coffee, and uh, they have a. They're selling a bunch of swag, uh, t-shirts, and freedom convoy stuff, and and they have a big drive-in movie uh, screen Where's that, that? For people. It's uh, near Mir. It's in Mir. It's uh, near the Buffalo Lake. There. It's near. Um, it's near uh, the Narrows. 
We're still so like it's two about hours two and a half there. hours, two two hours and forty minutes away, probably. So it's north uh, east of us. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot definitely. of camping there. A lot of people hanging out and camping. I mean, that's the only downfall that for CE fives in that spot is like we've had our best. If you really think about our best nights, where we've had the most literal nonstop action for hours has been in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's a couple times we've been in the middle of nowhere with no one else around. There was two fire. There was a bunch spots. of fireworks going on too. There was fireworks to the left of us, fireworks to the right, big fireworks displays. So we were hoping that maybe would vector some craft in, you know, but that's not how it works. I would, uh, I could take you guys some, to some spots, some great spots, but I can't have you guys see five and up my hunting grounds. I think it makes it weird, so <laughs> gaying out the place. Anyway, uh, all right, cool. Well, that's a nice little recap. I'm glad you got out. So regardless of what you did, I'm, re- I'm glad you got out. We haven't done much around here. We got the pool, so we spent a lot of time. I don't so much, but the, the girls spent a lot of time in the pool. That's cool. That's great you can do that. Yeah, it's deep enough for them. You know, it's like three and a half feet deep. That's all they need. They're having a time swimming around. So we didn't put the, the like, I guess he's supposed to put some stuff in there. So it got pretty dirty. So then we had to drain it. And now we just about got it filled up again. And now we got the stuff you're supposed to put in there. I didn't know. I never had a pool that big before. You know, it's not even that big. It's like, I think, 16 feet or something like that. But It's a portable above ground, right? It's basically. Yes, yeah, like, so I could take yeah. it apart. It's got like some poles and stuff. And yeah. it's all they need at their age. If I was out in the farm, I might get one that's like six feet deep. But so you could like, you know, like if you had a 20 foot circle, six feet deep, you might be able to like swim around, swim back and forth. I don't know. You'd thrash around at least. Yeah. For me, it's enough to just go sit in. I just go sit in it. Ah, it's nice and cool. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. What do you got for us, Graham? Well, I do want to talk about, before we forget, I want to talk about our Grimerica Outlawed is a completely separate podcast feed, completely separate. We talk about more controversial things. Usually, sometimes it's similar content, um, but usually it's sort of more censorious type stuff and uh, or anti-censorious type stuff. Anyways, uh, we also have some audiobooks coming out in that feed as well. So if you subscribe to get the second half of the show as normal, that's at GrimericaOutlawed.ca, right? Um, that's right. You get these audiobooks. We're putting out like one a week uh, or a part of the book a week because right now we're I'm reading um, The History of Magic by Dr. Anna Moser from the 1850s, 1840s, 1850s. And it's got um, like a thousand, it'll be like a 40-hour book, probably about a thousand pages. So this will come out like in small little chunks every week, like two, two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, it's It's talking about all the branches of magic, I won't go through them all, but I mean, you could you could guess everything from uh, soothsaying and seers and universal language sim- symbols and visions, spiritual magic, all that stuff. Uh, gets into uh, magnetism amongst the ancients, uh, Orientals, Egyptians, Israelites, the Romans, the Greeks, the priesthoods, um, in mythology. It just covers all of it, um, like a thousand pages of it. And then it gets into the end. There's a whole bunch of stuff on Haunted Houses, Dreams, and all that. So you can get that for basically for free, uh, getting a subscription to Elod. 
and that'll come out every week. And there's another one in there called Practical. What's it called again? Practical Occultism, I think. From the Practical Occultism. That's right. That's also available there too. So trying to add some value to you guys for some of the work we're doing here on books. There, head on, have it. Head over to adultbrain.ca. Click on the tab at top that says Our Books on Audible, and that'll take you right over to the current list of all the narrations by everybody's favorite uh, narrator. Graham yeah, those Hip, are other, yeah, those Graham are the other, other books. So those are all the other books, yeah. I popped Pop more out today. They're taking longer to review again. but I was just going to ask you that. That yeah. combined Agrippa one has turned into a real fucking back and forth with this Kindle fucking robot, whatever it is. I'm sure it's a robot. I think it's a robot. Isn't Maybe that weird, not. eh, how we're, liter- like we're literally, literally dealing with AI now? I'm getting decent at it, so maybe I'll be a yeah. good go-between during the war. You know how to form your sentences so the AI gets what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I've always been a good Googler, so. <laughs> it's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the Can you guess the human who spoke it or wrote it down? Profound quote of the week. I don't want to guess what my water bill is going to be next month filling up this pool two times. Oh, yeah, your carbon tax will double. Is water carbon tax? Everything's carbon tax these days. Carbon taxed. Bitch. So this is from, uh, I'm just going to read this book, uh, this note here quickly. Um, to Grimerica, thank you, Darren and Graham, for everything you two do online and off. Much love and God bless. 50-50. That is uh, from Ch- Chance Blakelock. And it's a book. I see the moon and the moon sees me. God bless the moon and God bless me. That's from G- Gammer Girton's Garland, 1784. And it's a book of quotes and stuff. Ad Luchum. So... I'm did you steal that from here? I, I did, yeah. Actually, I I was coming to pick up another book from you, and uh-huh. I thought I saw this one uh-huh. there. I thought this was and the book, and I got home, and I'm it. like, well, this is a, it should be here anyways, because it's full of quotes. So Interesting. Yeah. So you did you have another note it. to read, or was so this just, the note you were supposed you to read this week? You just stole my stuff. Is this the note <laughs> you're supposed to read? Uh, no. Okay, or no. No, it's no, still in the truck. Oh, it's still in the truck. The note from Chester. Yeah, <laughs> so sorry to whoever sent whatever they sent, but Chester, it's in their instructions. Chester, we it was Chester. Oh, it's Chester, yes. Yeah, we said Chester. thanks already. We I just, never, uh, yeah, the note, it could be we, gone forever. I mean, it's it, always we, a possibility. We may never see that note. Always a possibility. So you never know. GrimMarket.ca slash support. If you guys are getting a little value from well, I haven't oh, even yeah, read the note. I haven't read the quote yet. You got to guess quote. the quote. Right, I'm, go. picking one out of, I'm picking one out of this year. <laughs> I got fucking... Stepping on I got flustered by the fact that you stole my book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's to Grimerica. 50-50, dude. Well, and I'm the one... You want to do the quotes? You can do the quotes. I'll bring it back to you. They're probably better than your quotes, but no. Who's this? Who's who wrote this quote? It is a bad sign when the people of a country stop identifying themselves with the country and start identifying with a group, a racial group or a religion or a language, anything, as long as it isn't the whole population. Oh, can I give you a hint? Yes. 
he is um, not um, into politics as much. Like, his work was fiction. H.G. Wells. Close. Son of a guess? bitch. No. Close. Uh, okay. Right along that line. Orwell? Uh, uh, close. Heinlein. Heinlein. Robert A. Heinlein. 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 What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I knew, I knew you were going to get me on that. All right. So, grammarica.ca slash support. If you're getting some value from the little podcast here, from, I think this is episode 558 or 559. Anyway, a lot of episodes. All free. All there. Poof. We, uh, I don't think we ever had, did any ads. I don't think we ever did ads. Eh? We'd always just bag for some money here and there. We had some affiliate programs that we stopped doing way back when. But anyway, grammarica.ca slash support. You know, we do need support to do this. It is... Uh, some expensive. Expense. It takes time and uh, studio and all that sort of stuff. And it is a labor of love, but we do need some uh, value sent back our way. If you're getting some value from the shows, if you make a one-time donation or ideally even sign up for a monthly over at America.ca slash support, that would be super wonderful. Head over to contactatthecabin.com if you want to get in on the tours. America.ca slash chats if you want to get in on the chats. I already mentioned that all brain. What else? What else? Well, we should mention specifically that there are spots available for September's Randall Carlson Scablands tour. You get to we get to spend a week with Randall touring around Washington, the Scablands, the flood areas, and all that. There, I think there's still spots left, right? There is still spots left. Yeah, yeah, like the last two weeks of September. So that's on the contact of the cabin website. Ready to rock with Randall? That'd be a good one. Yeah. All right. What else you got? I think I think that's it. Yeah. Um. Actually, just check here quickly. Uh. That audiobook said. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. That's it. We'll keep it short and sweet. It is a long weekend over here, and Graham did have a big day. He had a big day yesterday, <laughs> so he's tuckered out. He's out for a run. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat. John Bush. All right, John Bush, welcome to Grand America. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I've been super excited, dude. You were on our list to, to have on the show, and I'm so excited to to learn about what you're doing. And I've been sort of watching your your uh, some of your talks on your podcast on your website and the and the summit that you did. And I mean, dude, you are you are to me you're you, you're on the right path here. You're doing the the work. You know, it, it really seems like a, a good balance of sort of this exit and build strategy. Um, I'm really, really it just, I mean, we're in Canada right now, so it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to know what to do, right? We're all, we're kind of stuck. 
those of us like what do, what do we do and i think the way you've sort of surrendered to like hey the government's not going to make you any fear at this point you know i like that that strategy yeah it's uh it was something that i came to after many many years of of political activism and just trying different strategies i've always been very conscious of strategy uh, specifically answering the question how do we get from here to there and it's my view that political activism is not going to bear fruit if your end goal is total freedom which mine is right when did you when did you come like i know this has been a long journey for you 20 years you know like similar to some of us the 911 thing kind of triggering some some stuff in you realizing things aren't what they seem to be when when did you kind of move towards the freedom sort of movement uh yeah well in 2002 i caught a documentary about 9-11 by alex jones 9-11 road to tyranny uh on cable access because he's from austin so he was doing stuff on channel 10 local cable access in the early days wow and uh that was an eye-opener and that led me down the rabbit hole when it comes to the conspiratorial view of history and council on foreign relations bilderbergs all that stuff and then um, I was an anti-war activist, of course, because I knew that 9-11 was a lie. So the wars that resulted from it were fraud as well. And then learned about libertarianism in large part from Dr. Ron Paul and his campaign. I just actually had the privilege of interviewing him for this homeschool summit that we just wrapped up. Um, but it was really, really uh, something that resonated with me, this philosophy of liberty, self-ownership, non-aggression, free markets. and I knew that it was going to take a lot of work in order to actually create a free society. There's a lot of libertarians and stuff that are, they like the philosophy of liberty, but they're not doing the work to actually make it a reality. And so that's, that's kind of the journey that I've been on and tried all sorts of different things along the way. But yeah, which like you, you tried going through, like you tried utilizing the government procedure, you know, you tried to write stuff for the, you know, write, write bills and shit like that. Try to make changes happen. Right. Yep. Yep. We did a lot of political activism after the Ron Paul campaign. A lot of us in central Texas started working together to um, we created a political action committee called Texas for Accountable Government. And our goal was to help push back on local and state uh, nonsense. And we actually had some bills passed. We slowed down the growth of the police state. We uh, did some pushback on the fusion centers, which are these Department of Homeland Security information gathering, intelligence sharing systems. And we actually had a bill passed at the state house, but nothing ever came of it because the law enforcement didn't follow the law. Sorry about this. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Take it, take a, if you want to take a pause, we can. Okay, you edit this after the factor. Not usually. But, okay, uh, all right, just give me a sec. Sorry, they're right across the hall. <laughs> it's pretty raw here in Grand America usually. You know, I got cats bugging me. Guests have dogs usually bugging them. But uh, right now, my my kitty cats are all sleeping. So, right on. No worries, buddy. Yeah. It's, so it's interesting because you realize that hey, like like what's happening right now, they just do whatever the fuck they want. There doesn't seem to be any accountability. I mean, right now in Canada, they're pushing, they're pushing already for this fall. They're pushing more kind of you know more mandates, more jabs, more. You know, they're already sort of circling back around to that that whole problem, and and you just get the sense that. The courts aren't going to fix it. Uh, the people, they, it seems like they want a revolution in some ways. They're pushing us to get, uh, to start revolting, you know, but the, the system isn't going to change like that. That's why I love how you're sort of developing these like parallel systems and talking about 
not just freedom in the woods on your own, but freedom in a community? Yep. The system is, in my view, operating exactly as it's intended to operate. And that's <laughs> yeah. to enrich a small group of people, the ruling class at the expense of everyone else. So a lot of folks kind of spin their wheels. They invest a lot of time, energy, money, resources into politics when at the end of the day, it's the institution of government that forces people to do things against their will. And then, of course, it gets in bed with all the big corporations and you have these tax exempt foundations and these uh, non-governmental organizations like the World Economic Forum. And they are most definitely carrying out an agenda. So the way that we pitch it to folks is like if we want freedom, if we want greater prosperity, if we want to live harmoniously with one another and with the earth, then we're going to have to go out and do the work to build those institutions that are more in alignment with our nature as free people. Yeah, I love that. Have you seen any? I just wanted to let you know about this new institution in uh, in Canada. Like, where there is some parallel systems happening too. But since you're so in, involved in in this in the states too, we had uh, there's an organization called CCCA. It's Canadian COVID Care Alliance. It's a bunch of doctors and scientists that are that have sort of been doing like weekly seminars with you know with with the, some of the prominent doctors that you've heard, like maybe Jessica Rose, Brian Brittle some of the people that are really fighting back against this, but um, they've created this, this lab, like a science lab uh, it's called Immunoceutica. So it's labs and technology. So they've created this on their own and it's not CCC. I shouldn't say it, but it's a bunch of other doctors and scientists that are looking for, you know, almost like secondhand lab equipment, like really just trying to go to, I guess they want to try and follow you know, the, the, the peer reviewed, maybe not necessarily peer reviewed in the, in the traditional term, but doing papers and, and real research without being tied to these government institutions. So they're calling it empowering immunity naturally for health and well-being. And they have a vision to educate, empower, and equip the global community to more naturally achieve health and well-being. So it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it's happening too, even in Canada, you know, they, even though all this tyranny is there, there's scientists and doctors getting together and trying to create these parallel systems. So John, sorry, I didn't know where, uh, we, where we left off there, but um, I was, I was explaining how in Canada, there's the scientific and doctors sort of creating mm -hmm. this parallel yeah. lab. Anyways, um, we'll catch that from the old, old recording from my end, I think, but yeah, I mean, so it's good to see, right. I mean, this is kind of some of the stuff we need to, we need to be seeing now. I still, you know, have a hard time sort of trusting that kind of institution, even starting up, but um you know, I kind of like what you guys are doing with sort of more of the, the community style stuff. Yeah, I think it's uh, we definitely need alternatives when it comes to healthcare for sure. I'm a big fan of all sorts of different plant medicines and natural home remedies. So eventually I would like to see the creation of our own medical institutions, including primary care physicians and hospitals, too, because it's obvious that the pharmaceutical industrial complex and Western medicine is completely corrupt. So rather than try to reform that, because even people that are speaking the truth about COVID or actually helping people with holistic health advice are getting, they're losing their medical license yeah. and all sorts of yeah. stuff. So yeah, it's getting really, yeah. yeah, it's getting really bad in Canada for that uh, with the, with the colleges, the colleges really seem to be compromised. There's another, uh, we had a Ezra wellness on too. Um, she she's created a sort of a parallel system of wellness as well, trying to network a bunch of these people together that don't want to follow the mandates. Like, dude, when we had COVID here, there's you can't do anything. You can't even go anywhere, get any help at all. 
unless you go to the hospital for basically remdesivir and, and the, the thing, this is Canada's healthcare system. Like I couldn't go to a, a naturopath and get intravenous vitamins. Like there was none of the stuff that, I mean, even in the States, you could, you guys had quite a few different options that you could do without, you know, doing it illegally behind their backs, you know? So, and then none of these companies want to even step forward and, and, and push against that, you know? Yeah, unfortunately, most people are in this world, they're just going along to get along. So it takes kind of the maverick to go out there. And oftentimes, especially in, when it, in the medical arena, that comes with great risk. But at this point, if we don't do something, even if it's somewhat risky for ourselves, we are going to end up in an environment where it's no longer, we're no longer able to resist. And I fear in many places in the world, they're already at that point. I mean, mass uprisings can make a whole world of difference, but people, things have to get really, really bad, especially financially in order for people to revolt like that. And then at the end of the day, most of these uprisings, they just show up to the government square to in front of the Capitol building or whatever, and, and make a big fuss and throw out the leaders. But then the new people that get in office end up doing the same thing another five or 10 years down the road. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I've said that about the Canadian government. I mean, you know, Trudeau, whether he's in or not, doesn't make a difference right now. It's still going to be the same the same thing. I mean, I feel like they want us to revolt, but like you said, if they revolt, I mean, even the truckers gave us some hope, but they got squashed almost immediately. I mean, it was, you know, so what, 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 and in the end, did that do us any good? I mean, it did wake a lot of people up, but I feel like, I feel like we're stuck here, at least for, for us, we've been talking about parallel systems being an option. And then now it's like, there's not going to be sort of a silent, a quiet revolt. It's either got to be like sort of a violent revolt or just separate out and, and have our own systems. I mean, Seems to yeah. me like, you know, the problem is it's hard because, you know, you've we've I'm in a spot here where I don't really know a lot of people where I live. So I, I have to take ownership over that and get to know people, I guess, or live, move somewhere amongst like minded people. But that's the difficulty is we know so many people online. It's like I would feel more comfortable as in a physical environment with a bunch of people that wanted the same type of thing. You know, I guess it's kind of finding that that tribe locally as well, which seems to be a challenge. Yeah, and that was a big topic of this summit that we recently did, the Exit and Build Land Summit. So the whole idea was helping empower people to exit the cities or yeah. exit a more tyrannical jurisdiction and move out to the country, buy land, build a homestead, live on someone else's land, build an intentional community. We even had uh, Joel Skousen, who wrote this book called Strategic Relocation, talking about optimal places to live and avoid a lot of the risks with all the craziness going on in the world. But ultimately, I mean, I know it's difficult many times, and for some people it's more difficult than for others, but it really makes a big difference where you happen to reside as far as the level of freedom you enjoy and the amount of risk you take uh, living in an environment where the government could crack down or get real extreme. So for folks that are in Canada, I mean, I know that it's a challenge and you'd have to take some risk even exiting the country, but it is possible. And sometimes there's just political, there's a political jurisdiction, there's a government where it's just such a lost cause sometimes that the best thing to do is to exit for greener pastures. Yeah. You know, the, the trucker thing that we're in solidarity down here, but it's just like the strategic question. I understand that people get so frustrated and so fed up, their livelihoods are challenged that they just want to go rise up and make a big stink, right? And yell at government buildings. But strategically <laughs> speaking, it's like, now that you're here at Parliament Square, what's the next step? And so I think really what people ought to be doing instead is withdrawing consent 
working together with like-minded people to start supporting one another, creating our own parallel economies. So, and some people may have to take a hit as far as their quality of life goes or their level of income or whatever, but there's so many of us out there. It just takes going out and finding the people. And that's why we created the Freedom Cell Network, right? There's over 33,000 people globally that are part of this network. It's like-minded people. They recognize the problem. They're aware of this conspiracy. But rather than sharing about it online and arguing with other people or whatever, showing up to the Parliament Square, we're looking towards solutions. We're looking to build these alternatives. So hopefully the future generations don't have to worry about the same stuff that we do. Yeah, I like how you talk about that intergenerational freedom. I mean, we are trying to build this now for for not just us, but yeah. Future generations. I mean, is there a way that you are using technology? I know you. So you just mentioned the Freedom Cell Network, which is a great, a great point. But is there is there somewhere where people can look at, say, like, hey, where is this sort of like if I was to move to the states? I know Texas, Florida, New Hampshire, Free State Project, even Mexico has that that province that seems very uh, free compared to the rest. So I know about these sort of bigger areas, but is there any any sort of technology that can help people sort of narrow that down to like, hey, this county's got a bunch of sort of purpose purpose uh, driven people? Sure, sure. Or- well, the Freedom Cells website, we're in the process of relaunching it. So maybe in the next two weeks to a month, it should be ready, maybe sooner, actually. But the functionality on the site has a map. So yeah, you go okay. to the website. And where if you're going to hunker down where you live, you put yourself on a map. And of course, we encourage people not to put their home address, put a park down the street or a coffee shop for folks worried about making themselves vulnerable or whatever. I would argue you're actually more vulnerable if you don't have a connection to a network like this. But um, you can use a fake name. You can use a dummy email, whatever. But the idea is you put yourself on this map and then you decide you you see if there's other people in your area or if there's not other people in your area, you raise your hand. You're like, hey, I'm looking to link up with some freedom people and do some cool stuff. And then they'll reach out to you. And then just the same to answer your question, uh, you can go to this map if you're weighing out different places, counties in central in Texas or whatever it may be. And you can see if there's a big pocket of people that are doing stuff and building stuff. We're all, for all, Also, in the meantime, I can get you the link to our Telegram directory. So uh, like I said, the website is not up right now. I mean, it's up, but we're not taking on new registrants until we relaunch, but we're very active on Telegram. And there's even a Freedom Cells directory where people can search oh, like yeah, yeah. continent and then country and then state or province. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. I mean, you guys have done so much work on that. So how? what's the big change on the, on the site? What are you going to change this time? Uh, we're just making it more user-friendly. There were some bugs and some issues for folks. We're improving the map functionality. Uh, we created like member roles. So if somebody has property or they're looking for property or they are a permaculturist or they're a farmer or they have a family and they want to get together with other families, they can identify certain roles. We're also going to create like kind of like a Craigslist listing. Oh, so we nice. can help people that are looking for jobs or that are hiring or that have or... goods or services to yeah. sell. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, and I love how you talk about community, you know, it's because I mean, sometimes you feel like the only option is to move to the woods and that's, that doesn't really seem to be like uh, you know, an appropriate response. So it's, it's kind of about, you know, finding that community and, and um, sharing your resources and doing all that, you know, it's, it's fuck, It's fantastic. 
Yep, yep. Community's huge. And that can take the form of buying property together and building an intentional community where everyone lives on the same property. Even if you have like you privately own your little slither of land and then they own their piece, but then there's some common space for the for a little park or community garden or whatever, or just in general, finding other people and building solid relationships with them and adding value to other people, helping yeah. them out, helping them move, uh, helping them if they're struggling, helping them. A lot of things that we do here in Central Texas, we're constantly going to one another's places and helping on gardening projects or help haul stuff off or whatever. And so I really think as the economy continues to deteriorate, one of the most important things is to be seen as someone that helps others out because when you help others, they're going to be more inclined to help you if you're in a bind. And really, if, if the money fails, that'll be a currency, just this reciprocity of supporting one another. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Adding value. I mean, I love how that sort of ties into your mindset. I mean, you've, you, you know, like, you talk about meditation and mindfulness, but also mindset and, and the inspiration from, you know, people like Napoleon Hill. Or, I mean, we talk about that a lot on the show, how yeah. just, you know, just making shit happen, you know, taking action and, and putting yourself in that confidence. I mean, you mentioned it on a couple of your last chats where, you know, trying to get out of this sort of like stop it. You know, you mentioned it in a crypto way, like you people talk about crypto and then they're worried about an EMP or these things happening. I mean, you can just, you know, talk yourself out of anything with negative thoughts. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, it seems like their first inclination is to think of ways that something can't work. Like the website, we're just talking about the freedom cells website. And I'm like, okay. And you put, you put your pin, put a pin on the map. Don't use your home address and people can find you. And a lot of people probably just thought literally someone listening to this right now may have thought like, well, I don't want to put myself on this website. Then I'll get put on some government list and they'll come round me up or whatever. Right. And so <laughs> People just think of ways that it can't work and that really can hinder your success in life. So I encourage people rather to think of ways that it can't work to think of ways that it can't work. And a lot of it has to do with what you focus on. So there's a lot of people, you know, we all know about this whole new world order thing. And there's a lot of evil people in the world doing some really crazy things. But folks just get hung up on that and they just spend all their time researching the problem and learning about the latest nuance of the conspiracy and the yep. latest ingredient that someone discovered in the vaccine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like that's all they do. And that's their whole worldview. And so in one sense, when you focus so much on all this tyranny, new world order technocracy, then that's going to be your experience in life. But on the other hand, if you're like, man, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, but at the end of the day, I'm a free person. I'm in control of my life in spite of what these people want to do to me or how they want to control me. And I'm going to go out. I'm going to get my hands dirty in the garden. I'm going to play with my kids. I'm going to go to the gun range and shoot some guns with my buddies. And I'm going to enjoy life as a free person. You'll have a completely different experience than the folks that are just constantly just drawing on and on about all the conspiracy stuff i mean yeah, let's not be naive about it right like i'm not saying to ignore or put our head in the sand but if we are going to study all that stuff let's study it so we can ask ourselves all right we better understand it now what would, what can we do to navigate around it right it, it's yeah it's it's hard i mean it's because you know you think i i'm just coming around to thinking okay like 
this separation needs to happen. Like some, one of our guests called it the great divorce, you know, the great divorce between those that want to stay in their smart cities and go, and they, they, they might want the government. That's fine. They can have all, all this stuff that they want it, but just leave us alone. If we want to go build intentional communities outside the city. Right. So I'm just starting to realize that, okay, maybe this is a possibility. Maybe they will actually leave us alone. You know? Yeah. I've thought about that. And I've realized like um, the one thing that is, safer in some ways about our approach is that we're not trying to take power from them. Exactly. So if you notice like the thing that happened in the U S on January 6th, right. I think yep. that was all like a, kind of like a false flag. Like the, yeah, the, yeah. the Trump movement got played basically by the Democrat, the DNC and the deep state, but it's like they're vying for power and you're trying to take control over the institution. So those that are in control and in power feel very threatened and they'll stop at nothing uh, to stop you. But when we're just like, hey, you guys can do your thing over there. We're just going to just do this over here. We just want to be left alone. It's I, I'm hoping that it's less of a threat to them. But in the rea- in all reality, it's really the biggest threat because the more and more people that realize that. And then when the masses are like, hey, those people look happy, they're healthy, they're growing their own food, they're not paying into the system, they're not using this fake inflation money. What's what are they, those guys smoking? I want some of that, you know, <laughs> like ultimately that could be the biggest threat to their power when people realize that their authority is completely arbitrary and just derived from our consent, our participation. But if we stop consenting, we stop participating, they lose all their power. But at the end of the day, like I think what they're most threatened by are folks that are coming and trying to take over their system. So we're just like, you can have the system. You think that I, I've been thinking lately about how, why you guys kept your border closed to the unjabbed. And I feel like there's something about well, this. what I mean, like, you guys, I didn't have any decisions to do that. That wasn't yeah, me. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just giving you shit. I mean, we we just got rid of a lot of our internal mandates. So and now they're already talking about bringing some of them back. But I guess what I'm getting at is I feel like the, uni- the U.S. is in a unique spot. It really is sort of this it really is a stronghold uh, in the Western society for really like where freedom might stand a chance in some small parts. But I almost feel like that's why Biden's keeping this, this, this border thing. Cause he doesn't want, I mean, wouldn't you, I mean, I, a bunch of us would probably flood to the States if, if we could, you know, those that were at uh, anti kind of jab um, from all over Western society, you know, that would be the place to gather. I mean, I feel like that maybe there's something to that, that they don't want us gathering in Texas or Florida, you know, you know, a couple things. One, yes, the U S is like a bastion, a beacon. It's obviously it's not, it's not free. We're not free in the U S although you can choose to live free and experience freedom and live a good life in spite of all that. But I think the cool thing about the U S is, and this isn't something that I would have said before COVID, but the U.S. has a system of uh, federalism where you have a central government and you have a bunch of state governments. And even though it used to be kind of a joke, after COVID, it became very clear that in places like South Dakota, Texas, and Florida, it's completely different ballgame than what took place in California, New York, New Jersey. Um, so, and not to mention, there's a ton of people that own a lot of guns. And I think that's just a natural check. You don't have to be in a militia or anything, but just the fact that there's a lot of independent conservative, you know, stronger type men that aren't just going to take everything laying down, uh, that makes a big difference. And then one thing, 
you know, there's folks that came to Central Texas and drove across the Canadian border and were yeah. not asked to see any papers about vaccines or anything. Yeah, I've done it. I've been across four or five times now. So, I mean, they don't ask for proof uh, or they sorry. You fly, I think, sorry. It's probably more aggressive. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why I drive across. But I mean, they, they don't ask for um, they ask if you have been. Sometimes they ask, but they don't you don't have to show them anything. Sure. I, I showed them something the first time. And now ever since then, I don't really have to show them anything, but it's um, it's, it's uh, most people won't, won't even do that though. Right. I have a lot of friends that just, they won't go that far, you know, but. Well, a lot of people are comfortable and it's uh, it's challenging to move out of the city or to, to work harder, to get some money, to buy a piece of land and then to learn how to grow your own food. And I think a lot of people, are just comfortable. And unfortunately, if people don't stand up and do something and do something different besides just protesting and voting, it's going to be even more challenging to do so in the future, yeah, especially yeah. with all the central bank digital currency stuff. Like what happened in Canada, that was a big eye opener for everyone. We, you know, if you've studied the conspiratorial view of history, you know that they've been wanting to go towards this mark of the beast cashless society the club of rome was talking about it back in like the 70s and to see that actually happen you gave money to a peaceful political protest that would have been protected by the first amendment here in the u.s you guys probably have similar protections for protesting too and then you got your bank account shut down like that's hardcore tyranny man do you think they letting up do you think they over do you think they overplayed their hand there do you think they did that on purpose because i mean there's a big a big joke about whether he's like is this revelation of the method or are they like why would they even go that far and just wake because that did wake a bunch of people up like even normal people are going oh what's going on here like it's it was it was the most peaceful protest i would say that i've ever seen i mean compared to what happened in July in, uh, in the summer of 2021. I mean, it's, it's, or was it 2020? I don't even know now 2020 maybe, but you know, it's, but they seem to really overplay their hand. Do you think they made a mistake there or. Um, you know, I don't. So, you know, I've been doing the conspiracy thing for a long time. And earlier on when I was just pounding a bunch of Alex Jones, you know, and I wasn't really using a lot of discernment, I used to think of everything was a conspiracy, you know? So I don't I think, I, know, exactly. I don't think it's the case that like, like, for example, some people think Trump was chosen to be in office so he could purposely create division. I think he was a wild card. And they're like, holy crap, this guy's how in office. We, how do we, we got to shut this? him down? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Stuff happens just like cryptocurrency comes about. Yeah. And it's not that crypto was created by the, you know, the powers that be or the deep state. It's that it came out. It's a threat. But they're like, whoa, how can we leverage this technology for our own purposes? So I don't think that it was an intentional part of the planned thing. I think in all honesty, there's some people in, in power like Trudeau that are like so insecure and just love their power. And when people resist, they get all like ego bruised, right? And they're like, how dare these people trying to stand up against us? We're gonna try to force it. But you're right. I do think they overplayed their hand. And I think the entire COVID thing, would they overplayed their yes, hand? Yes, I agree. A lot of people woke up. It was just like after the bailouts. You guys had bailouts too up there. It was a global thing after the 2007-2008 housing yep. crisis. A lot of people woke up from that. A lot of people woke up from the NSA and the WikiLeaks stuff. A lot of people woke up after 9-11, obviously. And so I think a lot of people are really waking up now. But the question is, okay, we know it was a fraud. We know that they're a bunch of uh, bullshitters. What are we going to do now? 
And unfortunately, well, actually, fortunately, again, with the mindset, it's all about how you look at it. More and more people are coming to this exit and build thing. And I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that it is the path for us to actually experience freedom and not always be resisting or fighting or pushing back on their latest mechanism of control. Well, yeah. Cause I, I, like I said at the beginning, I feel like they're pushing us towards revolt. I mean, really the way they're, the way they're lying. So their, their lies are so obvious now. Um, it's like they want a bunch of us to wake up so we can revolt. So then they can squash us. I mean, it's so hopefully, hopefully it's if possible. they, yeah, I mean, hopefully, and I, and I don't want to like, spend too much time speculating on their intentions and their motives and stuff, but it's hard to see the lies. Like all the, all the provinces have uh, official data, not all of them, uh, BC, Alberta, Ontario, for example, have official data that shows how dangerous this is what they're doing. And they're still just fucking lying through their teeth. It's unbelievable that they're either getting away with this. And to me, I think, well, do they want more people to push back? Like what the fuck? Mm. So anyways, hopefully people will go towards more of an exit and build and a, and a parallel system as opposed to physically revolting or getting stuck in that whole thing. That's just going to end up getting shut down in the end, you know? Well, you know, it does at the end of the day, the large bulk of people are still going along to get along. And yeah. there are, you know, like what's happened in Sri Lanka and in uh, the Netherlands with the farmers and stuff. I think that there's sometimes where it is like a genuine thing of the masses and like everybody just comes and occupies the town square kind of deal. But then other times it's a little bit more of a minority, but then at the same time, like, I just think that, Hmm, there's so much, there's so much control and everyone is so used to complying and paying the taxes and going to work and being overworked sometimes and getting paid too little and then having all the taxes and the inflation and the money's being manipulated and everyone just gets stuck in this rut to where even when they do have a flash of revolt and rebellion rising up protesting it slowly but surely dies back down and then people get back in that pattern of normalcy yeah complying yeah. going to work paying the taxes and, and nobody ever stops to be like what can we do differently this time like yeah. with some outside the box thinking and that's what we're trying to present with this whole exit and build strategy yeah yeah. And, and there's a difference geographically, too. I mean, Canada's only got 35 million people or whatever. And to, for us to have the same effect as Sri Lanka or Netherlands in a, mm -hmm. in a sort of a revolution is almost impossible. We're so spread out. And, you know, there's big cities all over the place um, that are, you know, not really too big. I mean, we've only got, a you know, a couple million people in Calgary here. So. So um, how did you get into the, how did you transition into the mindset sort of phase? I mean, I heard a little bit about your story. It's fascinating to me that, um, you know, mindset can make such a big difference. You know, was there something that triggered that or how did you sort of get from your political activism into more of a entrepreneurial mindset phase? Cause I, I love how you don't have shame around money and you're making money cause you're going to use it in in the right way you know it's not for stuff it's for helping helping community and stuff like do you want to talk about that a little bit i think that's really important sure um so yeah i've been obsessed with self-development <laughs> and tony robbins tony robbins is actually what i got started on actually probably dale carnegie how to win friends yeah yeah way back before yeah. that that was old school but then uh, you know to be honest a lot of it came as a result of my relationship with my ex-wife just really sucking and me not being the best 
uh, husband and me not being the best dad at times because I got two kiddos and like me and my ex-wife were always at each other's throats and I would be so frustrated and irritated. We were broke, we were poor and like I was losing my temper with the kids and stuff. And I realized like I, I can do better. This isn't me. Um, and so I started really diving into the whole Tony Robbins thing and then learned about seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Yeah. Also during this time I was into entrepreneurship. I've been self-employed, haven't worked for someone else, uh, since 2009. So it's 13 years now. But most of that time up until recently, I was, I was totally struggling financially. And I think I was really focused on, you know, the mindset law of attraction, I was allowing a fear of having the electricity turned off again, or a fear of an argument argument with the ex-wife. That was what was motivating my action. And it wasn't until I shifted gears and instead of operating from a place of fear and scarcity, operating from a place of abundance and drive and desiring a better future for myself and my kids and not wanting my kids to ever have the electricity turned off on them again. Right. And so I started allowing that better future, that vision for the future, a big picture vision too. Like I want to have a private jet. I want to be able to go anywhere that I want. I want to be able to host huge events. We want to build a world-class event center where we can host our events. We don't have to rent other people's spots. We can do whatever we want and make it all flashy, have a community center, have uh, school houses for local school programs and stuff. And so I allow that to motivate me and drive me. And at the end of the day, a lot of people are struggling financially. It doesn't have to be that way. There's plenty of money out there to go around. You just have to really start believing in yourself, come up with a strategy, something solid to sell and a good plan with some goals to bring it to the market and then find some people to work with to help you pursue your goals. And then finally, you got to take massive action. I think a lot of people just don't have the will or they're just not used to to 10xing and like going the extra mile. A lot of people are just tired and kind of yeah. lost their drive, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it, and it's sort of programmed into us. I mean, you even mentioned about, you know, a lot of times it comes from your parents and your upbringing and that sort of it's more of a fear of money or a shame in being rich as opposed to uh, a healthy relationship with um, abundance. Like you said, I mean, even just saying those things is important out loud, right? I want a private jet. Like that's going to resonate out there and in the universe and come back at some point. And you will get that, you know, I mean, it's, I can see it now parked at the airport. They have the Austin executive airport. It's a small little airport off the beaten path. That's where it's going to be parked. Yeah. I'll come, I'll come sneak into Canada, bail you guys out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We <laughs> have yeah, a sh- money. Everyone's weird about money. We don't have to be weird about money. And there's, it, yeah. it's not a bad thing to have more money. And it's just like a, it's a means of communicating value. And so it's like, I value this. So I actually value having that more than I value the money that I have. So I'm going to exchange this money for it and vice versa. I I, I want something or I, I want money. So I'm going to offer things of value to other people. I'm going to help other people solve their problems. And the better I get at solving problems and the bigger the problems I solve, the more money that I can make. Yeah, I love it. Can we get into a little bit of details on the exit and build summit and what you guys are actually teaching people? I mean, it is like people, if they want to get into details, you know, you guys do some sort of like financial training and, uh, uh, you know, the gardening, you had Joel Salatin and, uh, yeah. and, uh, who's the other uh, guy we had on a while back to the permaculturist, um, Paul Wheaton, Paul Wheaton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a hoot. He's a crazy guy. 
Yeah. So we did this summit. It took place in May. It was three days long. And we're actually offering the uh, replay of the first two days for folks if they want to watch it for free. All they got to do is sign up. So I got you a link you can share with your audience. Yeah. Uh, they just register and they'll be able to watch the first two days for four days. So there's a lot of material. So I strongly encourage them to dive deep and check all that out. But really what we were doing, we had about 30 speakers, Jack Spierko, Paul Wheaton, Marjorie Wildcraft, Joel Skousen, uh, Derek Bros. Michael Strong, Alan Graham, Jim Gale, who's a really cool permaculture guy. My lovely fiance, Rebecca, presented as well, and a bunch of other folks. And really what we're trying to do is provide people with the information they need in order to empower them so they can live a life of abundance, so they can become more self-reliant, so they can learn to grow their own food, so they can learn to not be dependent on the grocery store or the uh, or the hospital or the pharmaceutical companies. And, and then on top of that, it's not just like you mentioned earlier, it's not just like go be alone in the woods out in the country. It's like, let's work together with other people to more easily accomplish our common goals. And then it takes it a step further. The whole reason why I actually organized the event was to try to get people to, to come along with me on this journey. And I, I strongly believe the more people that we have, the more freedom minded people, the more people that understand what's going on in the world the more of us that exit the cities yeah we start populating some rural areas where yeah. it's more conservative it's more chill the covid stuff isn't as crazy we start moving out there and we either buy land together yeah. and literally live in an intentional community our own freedom neighborhood or we buy our own homesteads but we connect with one another yeah and so what we're trying to do eventually is create systems businesses mutual aid community groups and organizations to where we can provide for ourselves. We can provide for our common wants and needs, not in like a socialist way. There can still be businesses, but there can also be philanthropic things. And maybe there's some community driven uh, support or folks are struggling or whatever. But the idea is let's go ahead and support one another. Let's do business with one another. Let's buy and sell with one another. And eventually when enough of us do that, we can decouple completely from the big corporations, from big pharma, from, uh, from the big government. Even from the government? Yeah. Well, that's the hope. I mean, it may take generations, but I strongly believe in the idea of strength in numbers. So that's why the whole exit and build thing, not only do we exit and build together, but I also do this training. It's called exit and build life design. It's a workshop that I did before. And it's like teaching people how they can move away from big tech, move away from dependency on pharmaceuticals and constantly going to the doctor, pull their kids out of government schools and homeschool or do co-ops, right? Have better relationships, uh, be an entrepreneur. So you're not in a position where your employer is going to mandate you do this or that, right? And so if, the, if we do this in our own individual lives, it makes it easier for us to one day pull out because yeah. the idea is, we want to create an environment where we, we can go to the government or we can send an ambassador or representative. And we're like, I have, I'm, I belong to a community of 10,000 people. We all happen to reside within this particular county right. or this particular yeah. jurisdiction. Yeah. We are no longer utilizing any of your services. None of our children are in your schools. None of us are going into your health system unless it's an extreme emergency. And when it is, we pay for it on our own. We have our own insurance system, basically. 
And so we want to start a conversation on what it would look like for us to transition to autonomy. There's this actually, there's this guy that does this work. It's called the network state. And he's postulating about this too. And he thinks there'll be a cryptocurrency component to move money around and to make decisions, but he calls it the network state. And it's a state of people uh, that can exist. We, they don't even all have to live in the same area. Right, they have right, a right. bond and a connection. And yeah, it's like, yeah. it's, like a freedom nation. Yeah. Almost there like a freedom, a, almost like a freedom internet in a way too. Right. Like, cause you can use digital yeah. tools now to bring everybody together as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's huge value in that. And, but like you were sharing earlier, you know, there's something about the security of having those people there with you to get your back. Yeah. You know? And I don't know what it looks like when I talk about exiting, I fully mean like true sovereignty. Like we're not paying taxes anymore. We're yeah, not yeah. Following the regulation. And at the end of the day, it's like, that's what the goal is. And I want to work towards that goal. Yeah, yeah. But if in my lifetime, we never reach that goal and we create an environment where maybe we still have to pay a property tax or whatever, because the income tax is easier to avoid than a property tax. You can legally avoid the income tax by getting smart with how you file your expenses with businesses and stuff. But the idea is to move the ball down the field closer to yeah. true sovereignty and true political autonomy. Yeah. And maybe our kids have to pick up the ball and run with it when we pass. Yeah. What do you think about all these sort of, you know, freedom movements with your name and with, I mean, there's, there's a couple, uh, not, yeah. not like that in, in Canada so much, but there is somebody trying to create um, like establishing Liberty through Republic of Kanata. Like they, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's like, well, you only need 12 people for Republic. Like he thinks you can just go ahead and do it, make your own Republic and kind of exit, exit the country from within like that. I mean, have you guys heard about those yeah. sort of movements? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole world, uh, yeah. citizens, oh, yeah, yeah. common law, yeah, use, yeah, the that, universe, yeah. uh, the uniform commercial code. Yeah. Uh, your name in all caps is your corporate person, but this is my body and I'm a free yeah. man on the land. De jure, de facto, that's the de facto government. We're re-inhabiting the yeah, Republic yeah. of Texas or whatever. Honestly, I think it's a lot of hogwash and the chat. So there's people in our community that are, that buy into that stuff, but the yeah. challenge is, there's these, there's like logical fallacies, right? So one of the logical fallacies is what's known as the ought is fallacy. There's also the is ought fallacy. And that's like, just because that's the way things are, doesn't mean that's the way things ought to be. So it's like, just because we have a government doesn't mean we ought to have a government, right? So then the flip of that is the ought is fallacy. So to these folks that are like, I found this law that says we can have 12 people in former Republic or uh, if you file this with the Department of Treasury, you can reclaim your corporate person or whatever, just yeah. because that's the way th or right to travel is a huge thing. I actually did right to travel activism long ago and got, you know, then I got five tickets and they're like, you're not, we're going to suspend your driver's license <laughs> for two years. And I was like, I don't even have my driver's license right now. I'm a free man because the government didn't care. But here's the thing is like, just because that's the way things ought to be, according to the law or according to somebody's interpretation of the law. That doesn't mean that's the way things are. And a lot of the judges and the courts and the law enforcement, they could care less with your random interpretation or de jure this or that. They just will still put you in jail or still take your property or whatever. So the trick is people can do that, but you need a lot of people to do it along with you, right? And at the end of the day, they are, they're all appealing to like a Republic, a Republic sucks. Republic have always turned into tyrannies and empires. It's just when you have a state, when you have other people that have some sort of authority, it always ends up 
with trouble. And so I just want to see free people working together in a decentralized way, not some central authority, not some republic, not some de jure state of Texas, Republic of Texas or whatever, just like people working together on common goals. When they want to work together, they form a relationship. When they don't want to work together, they don't have the relationship. It's like a fluid kind of market-based thing. And eventually, so eventually you'll just get to the point where you don't pay property tax either kind of thing. Like you're separated as possible within the U.S. still, I guess. Right. I mean, that's, really be- the idea is there's like so many people and you're just like, we're not using your services. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I own a 10 acre homestead. Well, we're buying a 10 acre homestead. The bank technically owns it, but you know, whatever we're paying, making our mortgage payments, put some money down. Um, I always throw that technicality out there because a lot of people, when you buy a house, you don't actually own the house. The bank really owns the house. And then even when you finish paying for the house, you still have to pay property tax to the state, right? Well, the idea is... Yeah, well, once you're in there, you're in there, especially if it all fucking breaks down. I feel, You know oh, what I mean? There, if, there he is. Hey, Darren. I feel like if you get in there and then it all falls apart, if you're in there, good luck fucking getting me out of here. <laughs> yeah, compared to rental, you mean, yeah. Or just even compared to being in town. Yeah. In town. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think, that they're just going to come take your home away from you. But at the end of the day, that's where people come into play. One of my concerns with owning a house, too, is like, if I'm going to do business with my friends, if we're going to trade, you know, we can use crypto. We can barter. We can like, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. But when it comes to paying a mortgage, what if they're like, you have to use a central bank digital currency in order to pay the mortgage to the bank? And they're like, in order to have the central bank digital currency, you got to be vaccinated or whatever. But then it just reaches a point where it's like, you know what? We're just going to squat up with our people because we're good people. We got money to pay for the thing. We're not trying to renege on our deal. We're just not accepting this mark of the beast system. And so we're just going to hole up and we're going to hang out. And maybe we have guns. I don't know. We're just doing our thing. And I hope that you respect that. But I don't know. I don't know how it all pans out. All I know is that when there's a lot of people together on the same page, you can really be a force to be reckoned with. I'm renagging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm more out than most people, I would say. I mean, I'll just leave it at that. And I'm working on being more out. I actually had a conversation with my day job today about maybe that possibility. Because, I, I mean, know. the market's getting weird out there where it's starting to, we don't have a choice but to entertain these, like, contractors by hand, which is this weird thing you never used to do. So they don't really have their own tools or a truck or anything. But what, what does that mean? What? It's just a guy who's his own company. So it's just like Graham Dunlock Incorporated. You're just a dude for hire. And you pay this much per hour and and that's it. You don't pay any taxes on my behalf or anything like that. And it's just something a few other people I know in town have been doing it for a long time and gotten away with it. And we're just sort of, we just, you know, today's the first time. Today we made the decision to try it for the first time. And immediately, immediately after that, I was like, I think I want to do this. I want to. You know, you can just pay me exactly what you're paying me right now. No difference. But you pay me as Darren Grimes Incorporated. And whether or not I want to pay taxes and how much taxes I want to pay is up to me. I mean, at this point, I would take a $20,000 a year pay cut if they just pay me cash and let me deal with the government. 
Well, that's the good thing about cash. There's this thing I teach where it's like, when it comes to taxes and what you got to pay or what you don't pay, it's all about if it can be known. So it's like, can the government know that this transaction happened? If you pay with a card, they can. If it goes into your checking account, yes. But if someone hands you cash, even if it's 20,000 bucks, 10,000 bucks, there's no way to even know. Same thing with most cryptocurrency transactions. So then it, then at least we have the choice whether or not we want to report it. Am I right? Well, yeah, I th- I don't know. I don't think they I don't think they're watching much of it as close as I think they are. But you're in the states. You guys take that shit way more seriously than we do. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people give the government um more credit than they deserve. They're like playing catch up half the time, especially with this cryptocurrency thing. I think it caught them by storm and they really don't didn't know what hit them and so they're trying to learn the technology so they can try to track and trace and control it but they're still playing catch up. Oh yeah, they're playing catch up big time because I mean, from what I can see, recording stopped. From what I can see, I'm recording it too. So goddamn Graham's shitty internet. Support the show so Graham can get better internet. Anyway, um, from what I can see, they can barely track any of the online stuff, whether it's uh, cryptocurrency or otherwise. I mean, they just seem to, and there's too many bank accounts and I just, Mind you, the IRS seems to be on it. But that being said, when I talk to a bunch of my buddies from the States who shall remain nameless, they say if you're working for someone, it's pretty hard to get out of paying tax. But if you're your own company, I mean, if, you, if you've if you got a small business in America, you know, there's like a giant chunk of those aren't paying tax or are paying a very small portion of what they sh- they're supposed to be paying. Yeah, and then in the U.S., when you're an employee, you have to fill out a W-9. And then the IRS was so damn smart, they have the employers withhold the tax ahead of time because they don't trust the people to pay it. But if you own your own business, if you are self-employed, then you collect all the money. Plus, there's all one of the jams that I'm on is like legal ways not to pay taxes. So there's all sorts of expenses and deductions and we started a company that is basically the property that we live on because we're going to have some RVs out there paying rent. And so we're build, we're beautifying the property. We're building uh, all these garden beds that'll be like an amenity for the rental place for these RVs and stuff. And so every time we spend money on that, that's money that doesn't get taxed. So it's like money from one company goes to this company and gets spent on stuff, food production stuff, and it's legally not a taxable event. Yeah, that's think, a great idea. I don't think anything's legally a taxable event. I'm less and less convinced, especially when it comes to taking it directly off my income. Well, the whole thing's a fraud. Definitely the U.S. income tax thing. In fact, there's this research by this guy named uh, Beckman, I think, and uh, he discovered that the 16th Amendment, which is what created the, in- the income tax, was never properly ratified by all the states according to the ah. Constitution. So even in the beginning, the whole thing was a fraud. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, everyone. It doesn't matter. It's not like the government's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, sorry, we got to roll all that back here. You got us." You get to reimbursed. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, it's called the law that never was by Red Beckman. Well, in Canada, it was just supposed to be you know two percent just for to help get through World War One. 
Yeah. And, and then, then shut off. Yeah. Now we're at yeah. like 45, 55% if you're a single. Oh, geez. If you're a single dude that's doing well. The U.S., it was just supposed to be federal employees. And then it was only supposed to be like income was like a gain on an investment. So if you bought stocks, you know, about $1,000 worth of some stock, and then the next year it's $2,000 and you sell it, that gain is the $1,000. But then it just slowly creeped into everything. So, well, I heard yeah. they even want to get you after, I heard they even want to go after your potential gains. I mean, this is what they're talking about now. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I mean, they even, even them threatening that is just insanity. Yep. Yeah, they got all sorts of ambitious plans to control it. I'm really concerned about this central bank digital currency thing. And like we were saying earlier, a lot of people just go along to get along. So it's very likely that that system will get implemented for the good bulk of the population. That's why cryptocurrency is so important. Like I used to be banging on crypto and Bitcoin uh, as a way to protect your wealth, to make more, you know, for, it's going to go up in value. I still think it is ultimately, but it's such a crazy, volatile ride. But at the end of the day, besides the opportunity to put some money into crypto and make more money or at least protect your money from inflation, uh, it's really critically important that people learn how to use these cryptos, especially Monero, which is a privacy coin. It's completely obscured all the transactions. It's like a secret way to send money online. Uh, It's really important that people learn that because as the central bank digital currency thing rolls out, if we want to do business with one another online, it's basically going to be the only way that we can without having to use their little scheme. Well, I wanted to ask you a question about that. And I wanted to wait for Darren to be here because he's kind of more technically advanced in this whole situation than me. But after the Canadian truckers, we talked about that a little bit after they started freezing the bank accounts and they also uh, fucked with our crypto bank accounts. But like you mentioned in one of your recent chats, um, and I had a note of it here. Um, it's it's only the type of wallet that is uh, the non-custodial wallet, right? So is there? can you tell us the difference between like, because we, we all had the perception that they were hammering all, all of that through that, um, that transaction agency or whatever. I can't remember the name of it now. But can you sort of just dissect that a little bit? Yeah, I think they purposely wanted to mislead people so they would feel like crypto is not a way to to protect yourself from these goons. But so, yeah, so every cryptocurrency account, basically, there's two main components. There's a public address. That's kind of like your account number. It's a long string of letters and numbers. So if I wanted, if you guys had a public address for your podcast and I was going to send you guys some crypto, you would show me the public address, give me the public address. Each public address, you can have an infinite number of public addresses. And in fact, you can use one public address for every single transaction, a new public address, so you can obscure the transaction history. Each public address has a corresponding private key. This private key is also a long string of letters and numbers. And essentially, that private key is what's needed to cryptographically unlock the cryptocurrency on a public address. So you send me your address. I send one Bitcoin to that address. In your wallet, which is the software that sends and receives Bitcoin and interacts with the blockchain, your wallet has that private key. So now you have this public address with one Bitcoin in it, and you're like, I want to send the public, I want to send that Bitcoin to Darren. Your wallet will create a transaction, it'll sign the transaction with that private key. So basically, just think about how the, the private key is what unlocks your ability to send crypto out of a public address. So there's different types of wallets. 
then there's there's two main categories that you could think of. One is a custodial wallet, and the other one's a non-custodial wallet. A custodial wallet is a wallet where another a third party has the private key. They either only have it and you don't even have it, or they have it and you also have access to it. A non-custodial wallet is a wallet where no other person except for you and your computer or whatever you have access to that private key. So the way that they were able to freeze bank account, freeze crypto accounts was a custodial wallet like Coinbase, for example, which is embed. They're in bed with the World Economic Forum. I used to encourage people to use Coinbase because it's easy. But now I'm definitely encouraging people to use something else like crypto.com or Kraken. But Kraken, the owners of Kraken are very libertarian, like like to poke the hornet's nest a little bit. So I appreciate that. So if there's a company like Coinbase, it's a corporation based in the U.S. and they allow people to buy and sell crypto. And when you buy and sell crypto, they have a wallet that you store the crypto on. A lot of people just buy crypto. They link the Coinbase account to their checking account. They buy crypto and then they keep it in that wallet where only Coinbase has access to the private key. So when a government comes along, like happened with Russia, Coinbase apparently froze 25,000 cryptocurrency accounts for Russian citizens or whatever as part of all these financial sanctions and stuff. When a government comes along, they can coerce or pressure a company in order to shut something down or stop money from flowing. But there's no company or person or board of directors to coerce or pressure when it comes to a blockchain, a decentralized cryptocurrency network. And many of these non-custodial wallets, the company, there's companies that make and develop the software, but they just give it out to the world. And so you get a non-custodial wallet on your computer, you purchase crypto, preferably privately, you have that crypto on your non-custodial wallet, no one has access to that private key, you encrypt the wallet, and you have a password that nobody knows, and essentially, no one can take that crypto from you unless you allow it to happen. A government can take you to court and a judge can say, if you don't unlock this wallet and give us that crypto because we're going to seize it from you or whatever, we're going to put you in jail. But even then, you still at least get to say, you know what, F you or, okay, I don't want to go to jail, I'll comply. But never before have we had that ability to do this with money. Gold can be confiscated. Obviously, your checking account, your PayPal account, your give, send, go can be shut down, but crypto <laughs> cannot be shut down. And that's really freaking cool. I forgot about the whole PayPal scandal, too, with the convoy. I mean, how quickly that just gets memory hold. But, man, that was a fucking controversy. So, Darren, Darren, what was it about you you were saying about after that happened? The, the, do we Are we supposed to report to our government a certain value in any crypto wallet? Or is it only? Are they only talking custodial or non-custodial? Any transaction out of uh, Coinbase, or? out of an exchange. Well, as far as I can tell, that's like the Canadian. I mean, I'm sure there's a way around it, but that's like the Canadian legislation to operate an exchange in Canada. Mm, yeah, you can so get a VPN and like do it through another one, though. Yeah, yeah. And there's now there's decentralized exchanges. So it's the whole the whole value proposition for crypto is that it's decentralized and therefore it can't be controlled. But there are still services that use crypto or that provide services for people that are that it's a company running it. And so a company can be pressured. A company has to follow the law. They can be taken to court. They can be arrested. They can be shut down. But there are certain decentralized exchanges, for example, where there is no company operating them. And even if a law gets passed, it's easier to avoid when it's on a decentralized privacy-based thing. 
one of the ways to, you can buy cryptocurrency privately without having to show your driver's license or scan a government ID is a service called localcryptos.com. Localcryptos.com. And I actually know a Canadian person that used that service to buy crypto privately. Um, and they stepped through it and did it just easily, easy peasy. So I actually have a free webinar. Uh, it's called the Build Wealth Opt-Out Webinar. I can share a link with you guys if you want to share it with your audience. And yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I'll put I it do a four-hour session breaking it all down. And then um, after the session, I, I make an offer to get these courses that I put together, a really special offer where I bundle them all together and stuff. But I teach people specifically. If there's folks that are interested in learning how to use cryptocurrency, how to use it privately, no matter what the government says, there's all sorts of good stuff in there about that. Well, like you said about the Freedom Cells and, and this new sort of website and the people that are, um, you know, connecting all this stuff. I mean, you can eventually have kind of like a Craigslist type thing like you were talking about. Like this community could be, you know, all over in little parts of the state, separated all over the place. And you could also have your own sort of crypto or, or, or utilizing a, a decentralized crypto for, for a lot of the transactions. I mean, that could be a whole, I, I'm starting to envision how it could all be put together like that. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, people just have to have a common bond. And for a lot of us, the common bond is truth and freedom. And then they have a way to interact, a way to do business with one another, uh, maybe some like basic foundational principles that we all adhere to. And there's no reason why we can't have our own system that replaces the government altogether. And like everything's changing now. All the stuff that everyone just accepted, like, I live in this country and that this country has this government and there's these rules. And just because I was born here, I got to follow these rules and be a citizen of this country. A lot of that stuff, I think because of technology and all the disruption and the internet and people see how terrible government is and how corrupt it is just because that's the way things are. doesn't mean that's the way things are always going to be. And I like to play a role in helping to encourage that transition yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, though, for people to even imagine decision-making processes. I think you talk about that in the accident build. Maybe somebody did a, yeah. a talk on that, or you talked about, like, there are ways to have sort of implement decision-making processes with, with groups of people, right? Yeah, we spent a lot of time uh, talking about decision-making, conflict resolution. In fact, we had this woman named Diana Leaf Christian, who's one of the world's leading experts on intentional community. She's a big fan of um, sociocracy. So it's right. a way of making decisions where nobody has authority over another person, where there's these small groups that are formed around a particular piece of a project and like the powers delegated to the group that takes it upon themselves to work on this project. They work with the other little circles that are working on stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just shared that link there in that chat if you want to copy it. That's for the, the webinar that I did, the free webinar folks can do. And yeah, the, uh, the Excellent Build Land Summit is completely free. So if folks are interested or feel you know, curious about the ideas that we're sharing, we brought together 30 different speakers to all come and talk about how we can actually make this happen. A lot of people that are already doing a lot of this stuff, people that are completely off the grid, people that grow almost all of their own food themselves. And a lot of people that are actually living in really thriving intentional communities and doing their own thing. I don't go ahead. I thought you were gone. No, No, I'm still here. I was just going to comment on you being gone. No, I'm still here back. 
So, uh, do you have any questions, Darren? No, I could use an intentional community. Let's go. My ma- neighborhood's a bunch of fucking bungholes. I hope none of them are listening. I mean, they're pretty great. Some of them are all right, but I mean, they're all kind of, you know, doing their own thing. That's what I was telling John in the beginning. I mean, it's hard to imagine, like, because I'm in a place where I don't know a lot of people either. Like, I don't even have in my in my physical environment enough people to even start thinking about this. Like, all the people I'm friends with are online now, it seems. Like, all my old friends are here. Like, there's very few people... You know, with this sort of mind, not mindset, but with this sort of, you know, um, philosophy, really. So, Yeah, and sometimes you got to go find the people, um, go out to a farmer's market, to a meetup, host a meetup, just get to just at least start, you know, if you could find one other person, then those, then you two go organize some events and just put it out online. A lot of times people think that they're all alone, but it's because all the other people think the same thing. But really, sometimes it just takes one person to come out and be like, hey, I'm here. Um, let's do some stuff together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely let us know when that Freedom Cell website comes back up, too. And we'll push that again. Um, we did talk about it when we had bros, Derek Bros on a while back. Um, but I think that it's time to sort of, you know, talk about that again and, and get some more people to look at it. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll link to you the directory too. So the website we're still upgrading, but the directory has a lot of act- activity going on in Canada. Let me pull that up real quick. What kind of activity? Uh, people that are meeting up, people that are connecting, people that are supporting one another. Let me pull it up here. So we're very active on Telegram, uh, in addition to the website. And in Canada, there's a group. There's a Canada-wide Freedom Cell called Free Canuckistan. <laughs> there's there's a 914 people. There's I an think Ontario they follow group. Follow us on Twitter. There's another Ontario group. There's a Pacific <laughs> Northwest and Canada, and uh, that looks like it. So yeah, let me. I'll share the Canada group. Oh wow, the Canada group actually has a bunch of the groups that are listed in that group. Yeah, man. There's a lot of people getting together doing cool stuff. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it is. There is. I mean, I I shouldn't sound so, huh, you know, black pilled about it sometimes. But there are, you know, I mean, like I said, there's that whole CCCA group of doctors and scientists. It's just hard to it's hard to hear the the lies still coming out. You know, there's a lot of people waking up, but you're wondering like, how the fuck are they getting uh, away with this? I mean, it's just it's fucking mind boggling. Yeah, a lot of people have been programmed basically just well, to i guess it. who do we expect to do something about it well law law i mean the law enforcement for one thing i mean you know the courts they've they've failed us the the politicians have failed us i mean so yeah i'm, I'm done expect i guess that's what i love this sort of build these parallel systems theory instead of revolting i mean let's just exit and build like john's saying you know I think it's too late. It's all, I mean, it's not too late. We're going to get to do that too, though. But I think the, uh, I mean, we're well into the, the collapse at this point where, you know, there's not not going to be anything. I mean, it might, there could be something to revolt again because 
it could get pretty ugly for a while as the collapse continues on. But I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the apple cart is like on its way over. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what they say? Necessity is the mother of all invention. So as things start to crumble and people get less comfortable then there may be motivation they need in order to make something happen. Totally. Cause I think that's, what's going to get the pendulums to start swinging back the other way faster is when people start like freaking out and they need fucking hardcore order and this and that and rationing. And as the supply chain breaks down, it's the perfect opportunity for, you know, shit to get proper fascist, you know, not make believe fascist, proper fascist, like fucked up fascist or, you know, totally communist, but which is kind of the same thing at the end of the day. But anyway, Yeah, I think we're like, you know, I don't know that there's going to be anything to revolt against for long at the rate things are going. Which will give us the opportunity to make those communities with maybe less hassle. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely going to take work. It's not going to, it's not easy. That's why not a lot of people are doing it. But I mean, some small steps that people can do without having to revolt or do anything crazy is just start growing their own food. Uh, and or buying a significant amount of their food from local farmers or a community-supported agriculture program. You want to mention um, your your THC there too uh, before we leave, uh, John? Before we let you go, and if oh, there's sure, anything sure. else, you, if, if there's anything else you think is important that we uh, we didn't touch on already, or Darren, if you have you any got some questions. THC. Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, one of my companies called Bray Botanicals, and we sell Kratom. It's a member of the coffee family. I've actually been sipping. Oh, Kratom. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it helps with stress, anxiety. There's other types that help with pain. Can you do too much of that shit? You can't drink too much. I know some some dudes that are just like, you know, cramming it in their mouth right out of the bag and stuff. Dang. Yeah, they were like using it to get off of, you know, it was like helping them. Manage some other addictions, I guess, but it seemed like it was like, whoa, man, you're really going at that bag. And I can't really say much because I smoke weed like a motherfucker. But um, you know, too much of that kratom. What is that? What what's uh what's the effect of that? Long term and short term. Well, if if people, so like you said, a lot of people were addicted to heroin, addicted to pain pills, whatever, and then they use kratom to come off of that because it helps to minimize the withdrawal symptoms. But then some folks just start using a ton of Kratom all the time and they become dependent on Kratom. And when I say that, I mean that if they stop drinking the Kratom, they'll have withdrawal symptoms, not as severe as using pain pills or heroin or whatever. But the beauty of it is for folks in those situations, that's not everybody, but that's you know a chunk of people that use Kratom, is that Kratom is not going to kill them. So folks can overdose on pain pills. People can drink themselves to death. But it would be very, very, very difficult to drink so much Kratom that you die. So, yeah, well, there are people to that drink too much. We encourage people to use it responsibly, to take breaks, to just have it be something that enhances their life, not something they depend on. But sometimes people do use it a lot. But at the end of the day, it's harm reduction. So the people that are using Kratom all the time, it's better than using the other stuff. But that's an yeah. extreme case. And I like I drink it as an entrepreneur. It helps me with focus, motivation. Uh, helps me when I'm feeling stressed out as well. My fiance uh, used Kratom to quit taking Adderall 
and quit drinking. She hasn't drank in like two or three years. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think and it's, a lot of people it's, take it to help with pain. I think it's banned here, isn't it? I don't think you can get yeah, fucking yeah, kratom in Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah. We need. We need. Everyone, so here's like a tip: if people are sending us stuff, don't put what it is on the box. Like if you're gonna send us kratom, don't put kratom on the box. The last stuff that got uh, the stuff that got seized, I noticed that it just said CBD uh, stuff right on the box. So. You know, there's they're gonna open that package every time. It's like if I just shipped a package down there and put weed on it. There's some weed in this fucking package. So anyway, something to think about. Someone should send us some kratom to the PO box so we can try some out. Does that count as a drug? No, it's a plant. I mean, it's like a herb, basically. It's made from the powderized leaves of the kratom evergreen tree. People can try some. I mean, we don't ship it to Canada, but if folks are in the U.S., they can try a free ounce of kratom at freeounceofkratom.com, freeounceofkratom.com, uh, and we'll send them. They just got to pay $5 shipping and handling. We'll send them a free ounce to try. Uh, but we also sell Delta 8, so it's like this loophole. They extract the Delta 8 THC from the hemp plant, and because it comes from a hemp plant, which is a cannabis plant with less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC, it's completely legal. It's actually illegal in some states. Wow, that's states fascinating. Even in states that, have, uh, that don't have medical or that don't have legal cannabis, it's a loophole, basically, and it's legal. So wow. we have these blueberry gummies. They're the bomb, and I really like them. They really help to relax and mellow out and feel good. And they're, it's a little bit more subtle. I mean, if you take a whole one, actually, they're, they're 25 milligrams, so it's pretty strong. I just take just a slither. But we're also doing a free offer to get people to try those as well. It's just $5 shipping and handling. We send you five of these gummies. So uh, people can go to free... I'll just I'll give you the links actually for both of those and you can share them there with the audience. Yeah, actually, just e- email email me because I'm on my phone, so it's hard right now to to get those links off my phone because my internet is down at home again for the second time. So um, yeah, just email me that link. I've got the rest of it. It's just a actually I've got the mybravebotanicals.com free aid, uh, free the gummy link already. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, I think I got it all there in that thread with you yeah. guys. Is well, that yeah, kratom? You guys having me on? Is that kratom psychoactive? No, no. It, it has mild euphoria, so like it just feels good, right? But it's not. You're not high. You're not acting weird or funny. You just, you just feel like if you're tense or stressed, it kind of, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I feel, I feel good, right? Nice. Now. You know, not psychoactive though. Right on. <laughs> John, we love what you're doing, man. I love how you bring, I love how you bring mind mindset and mindfulness and and all these you know intentional like exit and build and this community thing. I think you're really doing great work and on the right track. And thanks, yeah, yeah, I really appreciate it. You coming on, right on. Well, I appreciate you having the opportunity to chat with you guys. Yeah, thanks for yeah. coming. Sorry, I was late. No, you're fine. You're fine. All right, we all stay positive, stay free out there. Watch out for. The crazy, watch out for Trudeau. Don't let him touch you or anything. If he touches me, I'm going to sue him. That guy sucks. He's got deep, deep pockets. He's the worst. Oh, yeah, he's the worst. He's just so yeah. shitty and just like 
it's, it's feminine and weird. Dude, I try and catch every. That bad when you when it's the media that 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 covers for him, which makes you want to puke even more so. I mean, at the yeah. Stampede, he was surrounded by admirers. The media says. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, right. Every time he tweets, I try and reply with "truck off." Because <laughs> if you put "fuck off," they'll hide it. So I put ah. "truck off." There you go. Remind him. I don't right, you guys take care. Too. Thanks again for having me. Okay. Ciao. Peace. Bye. And that was our chat with John Bush. What'd you think, buddy? Wow. Well, thanks for uh, uh, piecing this together because my internet went down twice. I got the I got the guy coming in today. I mean, honestly, dude, he's. Yeah, I really just love what those guys are doing. I mean, that exit and build summit looks fantastic. I mean, they're really they're really. He's about action. Like, I really figured you'd resonate with him because he's got he's all into this mindset and entrepreneurial stuff. He's got no shame about money. It's all about like action and community and getting shit done, making money to help the community. It's fantastic. Totally. Can't have shame about money. Uh, all right. Well, uh, what is this? Uh, which feed is this? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> well, big thanks, John, for coming on the show. Probably, big thanks to you guys for listening. Even bigger thanks if you're one of the one or two percent that choose to support the work. It's actually probably back down to one percent with all the cutbacks we've had lately. We might be back under one percent, honestly. And we get it. You know, people email their explanations. You don't have to explain to us. We understand that times are tough. But uh, actually, we do appreciate it because then we know we don't suck. So, you know, not only that, but then we know it's not a mistake from PayPal either. Right. And that we don't suck. So if we suck, let us know, too. If we don't suck and you're getting some value from our little show here, head over to America.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly today or make a one time donation and help get us back over that one percent mark. You know, we said we were going to do that wall if we ever got to eleven hundred. And 11, if you guys are wondering why that never happened, it's because we've never got to 1111. So we're still like just a little over. If I took both shows and put them together, we're, we'd be at like, you know, we'd still be 300 short probably or something like that. So that's why, if you're wondering, we didn't just resend that. We just stopped pushing it because it seemed like it was still a little <laughs> far away. America.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly today. Make a one-time donation. Uh, adultbrain.ca for the audiobooks. GoAmerica.ca slash chats to get in on the conversation. GoAmericaOutlaw.ca for the other podcast. Anything else? Spam Graham. GrammarCamerica.com. Other than that, have a wonderful week. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
Hello.